Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Well, welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me is Just Ariel. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I like Just Ariel, but Just Ariel. You took the fun part away from me. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> okay. You're incredible, amazing, illustrious. <laughs> okay. I regret ever saying that. Elegant. No. Incredible. No. I, elegance is not a word to describe me. It is now. Uh, but you know what we're talking about today, Ariel? Let me try to pronounce this. O-O-K-K-A. <laughs> not even close. Oh, sorry. O-O-K-K-A. Uka. Uka. And... The Twilight. Uko? No, not Uko. <laughs> We're talking about the Twilight. <laughs> so, yes, today is going to be about the Uka and the Twilight. And the reason we're talking about them before we get started is because there's a lot to go over with them. And I think they deserve their own special little episode, don't you, Ariel? Well, I mean, just because we want to, that's why we're doing it. Yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, to start us off, I'm going to talk about. The Twilight. They're the interlopers. The end. Okay. So moving on to the Uka. <laughs> no. So the Twilight are a race of shadow beings who inhabit it. Inhabit it. I said that. Inhabit the Twilight Realm. Though they are peaceful now, they weren't always. And they were twisted and turned into these hideous creatures now, is how they appear, by shadow magic. And it was, it's it's a long thing, we're going to get into all of it, but that is the beginning of the just of them. The beginning of the gist of them. The just of them, yeah. So... The Twi'li were transformed. The Twi'li, the Twi'li were transformed into creatures known as shadow beasts by the Super King Zont, 
and used to invade Hyrule at one point. In our quest as Link, we're able to transform several of them back and, you know, all of this good jazz. We'll get into that when we talk Twilight Princess next game. Next game. Next episode. Uh, gosh, I'm all over the place tonight. <laughs> so uh, we're skipping Twilight Princess, but we're going to talk about it in the next game. So, which is... Twilight Princess. <laughs> no, the next game we're doing is uh, Link's crossbow training. Oh, yeah, we are doing crossbow training, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, <clears throat> more about Twilight. So they are descendants of the Hylian sorcerers from Hyrule. And they were referred to as interlopers eons ago. During this time, they were condemned to the Twilight Realm by the golden goddesses of Hyrule as punishment for their terrible evil attempts to use magic to claim the Triforce. Their magic became known as the Fused Shadow, an instrument of dark power. During their failed attempt, however, to conquer the Sacred Realm, their fused shadow was split into four pieces and scattered throughout the Twilight Realm and Hyrule. After all of this, and they were condemned to the Twilight Realm, they evolved and kind of just forged the Twilight Realm into what it is today. However, it is important to note that while in the Shadow Realm, or the Twilight Realm, they were twisted by the shadows and they've become former visages of themselves. So they're not anything like they used to be. It's like the evil was just sucked out of them. The greed was sucked out of them. <laughs> they they were just somebody that we used to know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, so after all of this, most of them came to accept their fate and learn to find peace in the Twilight Realm. However, there are a few of them that felt that they had been oppressed by the people of the Light World, as they call it. And though they lost their most powerful abilities, they still possessed magical powers and the ability to teleport in the strongest of them, which one of them is Zont. And another one is, of course, Midna. So that's a little bit about their background. Let's talk about their 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 government, if you will, their leadership. So their leadership is it's kind of weird. <laughs> Uh, their leadership is built with people, or I guess the Twilight with the strongest abilities are pretty much in charge. And after centuries of rule, the Twilight Princess Midna became one of the many rulers in a long line of royal, you know, blood. It was around that time when she became ruler that a rebellion grew from within the Twilight Realm. And it was, of course, led by Zant. And Zant firmly believed that he was the rightful heir to the throne. So, all of this being said, 
it's weird to me that they would have a royal family in the Twilight Realm. Especially when the royal family is none other than Zelda's family. <laughs> so I thought it was really weird that they, they had royalty in charge in the Twilight Realm. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I also want to know how they figured out who was technically the royal bloodline. <laughs> well, it's by some, you know, evil guy coming in saying, well, I'm, I'm royalty, so... <laughs> Now I rule. Oh my gosh. So more on Zon, we'll, we'll talk more about all of this background stuff when we get to the game and talking about some of the main characters. When you said more on Zon, I thought you were saying like moron Zon. Okay. Yes, I agree. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've talked about their, their, you know, their kind of govern here. Let's talk more about their appearance. So they have glowing markings on their skin, which are black and a pale bluish gray. And their complexion is due to the lack of full light in the Twilight Realm. So they've grown darker in tone because of the lack there of light. And yet I grow paler. <laughs> They also have oval eyes that are normally either red, yellow, or orange. And they are usually thinner and much taller than their Hylian counterparts. And again, this is because of the Twilight Realm twisting their bodies and warping them over time. So I know where to go to get taller. Gotcha, because I'm short. Oh, gosh. Uh, the last thing about their kind of demeanor and appearance is they rarely ever speak. And most only choose to communicate with the fellow Twily. And the distinct markings on their chest signify what clans they belong to. So they get tattoos. Gotcha. <laughs> they get tattoos. So before we go on into some interesting facts here. Let's talk about the fused shadow, which is kind of like their power and their artifact. The fused shadow that I referred to earlier in this is basically all of the power of the original interlopers that is sealed away into this helm-like thing. And it was sealed away by three of the four light spirits. And it was under order of the goddess that they did this. And anything that comes into contact with this dark power is transformed. So it's a it's it's a big bad artifact. So some trivia about them. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> At one point, there is some unused dialogue that was mine, you know, data mined in Twilight Princess that was likely intended for when Link arrives in the Twilight Realm, which suggests that the Twilight were originally going to talk to us. Though the phrases weren't complete, uh, and I didn't grab them for the fact that they weren't complete, it was, it seemingly was originally planned which I think would have been a really cool addition. For them to talk? 
to talk, yeah. I, you know, like quiet. (laughs) So, some more interesting facts here is their name in Japanese means Shadow Clan. Uh, Their name in German means Shadow People. And their name in Italian means Shadow Race or Shadow Person. Which I thought was cool. That does sound super cool. And uh, the French translation for the um, Twily is uh, Twilight. It just sounds like a past tense version of the US like name. <laughs> kind of, yeah. They were Twily and now they're Twilight. <laughs> But yeah, that's a basic rundown of our uh, our lovely little Twily. So I'm super disappointed in you. Aw, why? Because you didn't have an interpretation for them. <clears throat> okay, you ready for my interpretation? Yes. Very last minute. Uh, let's go. So the interpretation for the Twily is going to be little ink blots. Little ink blots. Yeah, they look like little ink blots to me when they first oh, <laughs> appeared. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> when they teleport and stuff, it's all weird. They get all blobby and stuff. Do you want to know my interpretation of them? What's this? They're Zoritos. Zoritos. <laughs> Zoritos. You know why? Because they look like a mix between Zora and Rito. Hmm... Okay. Okay, all right, they do. <laughs> they kind of look like some of them look like Gorons too. Well, yeah, like the tall the tall tall ones, the tall skinny ones, those are Zoritos and the the shorter kind of broader ones, those are Zorons. <laughs> the Zorons. Zoritos and Zorons. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I got a little bit more if you want to hear it. Uh, I would love to hear some interesting facts. You always find the juicy ones. Do you want to hear a Twilight proverb? I do. We are the epitome of the natural order. Shadow encasing light and light illuminating shadow. That is an interesting proverb. I thought it was kind of cool. That we're totally going to talk about in the games. <laughs> yeah, but this is about Twilight, so yeah. I'm covering this. Well, not covering and just mentioning it. I would like to add to your interesting fact, if I may. I don't think I have a choice, so go ahead. <laughs> you reminded me of one of the things I forgot to write in the research. Uh, they actually have a lot of proverbs that actually Twilight widely that tie them <laughs> back to beings of the light realm so it's it's not uncommon for a lot of their fates and their destinies to intermingle and mix with those within the realm of light which I thought was pretty cool hmm. so I got another fun little fact oh did you know that they're vegetarians? I did not. 
Yeah. I always assumed, but I never knew. Yeah, except for like rare occasions. They're vegetarians. They eat fruits and vegetables that grow in their realm, in the Twilight realm. So, vegetarians. See, I never really thought. I never really thought much beyond the fact that you know. Okay, so they eat veggies. Okay, cool. I. <laughs> yeah, I never really thought more into that. So you want to hear another fun fact? Let's go. Yeah, so even though they have like normal vision, they see spiritual remnants and occasionally spirits of beings in the material realm. Really? Yep. No, you know what? Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Do you know they uh, live to about 65 years? That sucks. Why? You want them to live longer? Yeah. They're these beings that are twisted and warped in darkness. You'd think they'd almost be like eternal. No, you only get 65 years. You only get 65. Such a definitive number of years, too. Like... You get 65 years. Don't don't waste them. <laughs> oh. That's it. You're done now. No wonder they don't talk to outsiders and they act kind of like mopey and down. They probably don't talk to outsiders because they don't want to waste their 65 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, those were some very interesting facts. I always appreciate your input. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, with the Twily out of the way, I think this is the perfect time for us to go to our mid-break. Well, Ariel, here we are in the middle of the show. Yep. You're not going to do it? Nope. You're not going to do the thing? Tough little middle in here. (laughs) Hey, Ariel, do you know what we do in the middle of our show? Sigh a lot. And thank our patrons. <laughs> so we have to thank our wonderful patrons, such as our golden goddess level patrons, Kex, Maple Flapjacks, and one of our new patrons, Mystery Bemo. Bemo, I have a Bemo. You do have a Bemo. <laughs> uh, we also have to thank our Hyrule royalty patrons, James Becker and Chaotic Damon, our Sheikah level patrons. Foil Grimmer, We Are Legion, Wolf Warrior 1869, and our Kokiri patrons, Dead Socks, Dead Eye, Jumunji, Preston Balagad, and Remington Cloutier. And of course, our fairy patrons, Doug Leamy and Metal Dragon. Thank you so much for being patrons. Yes, thank you. We greatly appreciate it. And we also appreciate our listeners. Because without you, we wouldn't have a show. We wouldn't have a show. So, uh, should I do the special announcement? What special announcement? We hit 
uh, our uh, our first little. Um, I didn't hit anybody <laughs> today. No, we hit our first little patron goal. Oh. Yeah, we hit our four hundred dollar mark. Ooh. So, uh, longtime fans of the show know um, that uh, our first four hundred tier mark, we were going to give away a a Nintendo Switch bundled with a Legend of Zelda game to one of our lucky patrons. And uh, we aren't going to do that right this second, uh, but I think I have a fun little game to do one of our mid-breaks. Um, I think we're going to do a little draw out of a hat thing for uh, whoever's a patron at that time. You're coming soon. What do you think, Ariel? So I'm going to put my name on like <laughs> all the papers. Throw it in there. Oh my gosh. And then act surprised when I draw my name. <laughs> She's not gonna do it. I'm not gonna let her. I wouldn't uh, do that. Not to the, not to you guys. No. Maybe to Aaron. But yeah, definitely not to, to me. Not to, not to the patrons though. <laughs> but yes, like Ariel said, thank you to our patrons. Uh, the support you give us goes to things like you know upkeep of equipment and being able to produce this. And it, it goes to a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And honestly, without you, we wouldn't be able to do this. And the same thing without the listeners, you know, the the commercials we, we run, you know, that helps produce some revenue. And, you know, the fact that you listen to the show lets us know that we're doing the right thing and you love it and we'll just keep doing it. So it's just a massive thank you to everyone. You know, everyone's awesome. Everyone is awesome. Everyone is cool when they're part of the team. <laughs> when they listen to L-O-Z. Oh, yours is way better. <sighs> so, uh, Ariel. What? So we said our thank yous. Yep. I think we have some people that want to say their thank yous. Yep. And they come in the form of emails. Yep. And you're going to be reading them today, right? Nope. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> so who's our first one from? I don't know. Okay. All right. Fine. I'll read them. <sighs> Michaela Osborne. <gasps> yes. L-O-Z Lorecast fan. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Aaron and the amazing and illustrious Ariel. Oh, another one. <laughs> I am one of your silent but deadly five-star Spotify listeners. And I wanted to reach out and let you guys know how much I love the show. I started listening to your podcast just over a month ago and am now totally caught up. I was inspired to learn more about Zelda lore in anticipation for the release of Tears of the Kingdom. Your podcast has scratched the itch. All in caps. Love it. I especially loved your exploration on the Shadow Temple and how it brings to light the dark political history connecting the Hylians and the Sheikah. I esp especially loved Aaron's <laughs> depiction of the world of Termina being derived of delusions held by the Skull Kid. I was surprised you didn't explicitly mention how in Majora's Mask, Komei and Katake are depicted as benevolent and warm rather than wicked until a later episode and was thrilled when you did address it. <laughs> I love the mid-break and appreciate all of the creators you're supporting by sharing awesome LOZ merch. 
Also, when Kex made their first appearance on the show, I was thinking, wow, I love her input, and I really wish I could hear more from them, and was so pleasantly surprised to see her become a repeat guest. My one and only criticism of the podcast is that I often feel secondhand discomfort, distress for Aaron, and find myself <laughs> wanting to defend him from Ariel's sarcasm. I often find myself saying, oh my goodness, give the man a break, and then find it sometimes difficult to enjoy the one-sided meanness. For the record, Aaron is my favorite uh-huh. correspondent on the Lorecast, and all the cringy jokes and comments are greatly appreciated. One last comment. I was thrilled to hear you two will be going in depth on the Kingdom Hearts lore. Thank you so much for generating this awesome content. All the best, Mick. So I have to defend Ariel here. I'm really mean to her when we're not on the mic. No, he's not. Don't (laughs) even. No. No, I'm just a sarcastic person. I just want to remind you guys... He asked for this. I did. So. I did ask for this. He asked for it. <laughs> it's okay. I knew what I was asking for. And I'm happy I got it. <laughs> Are you? Because I don't know. Oh, sometimes. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> but thank you for that. Yes. Michaela, thank that you. was awesome. I loved that. Only because I was the favorite. Oh, <laughs> then why in the heck did you have me read these today? Is that why? Is that why? Yeah, it's not one-sided meanness anymore, is it? <laughs> All right, our next one comes from Triforce Explorer. Ooh, I know Triforce Explorer. And it's LOZ Lorecast Review. Rating is too high to count. Oh. Yeah. Hey, Aaron and just Ariel. Yes. <laughs> As I'm listening to the LOZ Lorecast and Hello Hyrule podcasts, I've gotten inspired to create my own Legend of Zelda podcast, which I have shared in the Discord. I really enjoy Aaron's kind-heartedness as well as Ariel roasting Aaron on the podcast, (laughs) yet not roasting him outside the podcast aspect. Eh. (laughs) I want to become a patron, but unfortunately, I might not be able to afford the price, even for Fairy Tier. Speaking of patrons, LOZ Lorecast is one of the top tier podcasts that I enjoy listening to. I also enjoy waiting on future episodes. That way I can keep myself guessing on what you're going to talk about next. It's hard telling what we're going to talk about next. Yeah, I just pull things out of a hat sometimes. (laughs) I can't say what I was going to say because it's not rated PG. But thank you for that, Triforce Explorer. So Triforce Explorer did start their own podcast. I have listened to a couple of episodes, and I will say, not bad. I like it. And uh, it's another one that uh, you ought to add to your list. Go check it out. I'm serious. It's 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 a good one. I, I, I enjoyed it. All right. So the next one's from Lorenzo. Ooh. Dear LOZ Lorecast, this is not the first time I have emailed you. But I forgot to say last time that I have given you five stars on Spotify. I recently got my Spotify wrapped back and I have listened to this podcast for 991 minutes. Oh my gosh. That is commitment. I love you guys. and I hope the end is far for you guys. I'm only 14, but plan to be a patron when I get older. 
Thank you so much for hours of entertainment and all of the lore that you break down to make it easy to understand for simpletons like myself. Oh. I doubt you're a simpleton. Can't be if you like Legend of Zelda. (laughs) Again, keep up the good work, and I can't wait for Tears of the Kingdom to be released so I can understand it in full and bask in the endless lore of Zelda. Forever always, Lorenzo. Well, thank you, Lorenzo. Yeah, that was awesome. And as a reminder, you don't have to feel obligated to be a patron, but if you want to, it is always greatly appreciated. It's just nice to have you listening. Agreed. And don't call yourself a simpleton. You're not a simpleton. Yeah, stop that. So, next one comes from Solid Me Boy. And it says, Hi, Solid here, my actual moniker. I've been listening to the show for a few months now, and I just want to say I love the information and the character profiles. Although I may be in the minority for this, but to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Ariel's sarcasm. I love both of the hosts so much. It just gets a bit much at times, even if it is joking, but hey, it's your show. And if others like it, then who am I to judge? Either way, keep those funny character profiles coming and keep spreading the good word of The Legend of Zelda. Five stars regardless. Well, thanks for the five stars. I get it. My sarcasm can be much. Sometimes it's cool. I get it. But I like it. (laughs) (laughs) You better because you're going to always get it. All right. Let me read one more. So this comes from the cursed child. Says, hello, I am the cursed child, son of demise. Well. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You said in episode 27, I believe, that you were trying to get voice actors to guest star in the show. I was wondering if you could ask the voice actors of one of the champions in Breath of the Wild, or Zelda, to talk about Breath of the Wild characters. Ooh. Please read this in an email so I know you got this. Yours truly, the cursed child. Well, we got it, cursed child. That's not a bad idea. That's pretty cool. We should do that. We should do that. When we get to Breath of the Wild, we might start getting some more voice actors. And Ooh, can we do? Can we do Daruk? I would love to have the voice actor of Daruk on. <laughs> Out of all the voices, Daruk is my favorite. <laughs> well, that is all for today. Yeah, there was just some pretty heavy hitters today. Those are big long emails. And we have Apple iTunes reviews that are racking up. But I want to make sure to get through these emails because we've got quite a few of them here. And uh, I just feel awful because they've been stacking up. And, you know, I want to make sure everybody gets their lovely little shout out. Of course. So, Ariel. What? We've heard from our lovely fans. Yup. Let's give them something. What? like more merch items to pick up so let me give you stuff to make you spend your money <laughs> but in a cool way well i just you know I thought, no i'm saying it like this is my this is me saying like yeah <laughs> if i could afford to give every one of our listeners something awesome from these merch lists you better believe i would do it you can't even afford to pay attention i cannot what so, are you going to yell at me to go first, or are you going to go first? Mm, I can. I think you should go first. Okay, so this item comes from Etsy. And it's from V Gamecraft. 
And it is a wall lamp inspired mirror of twilight from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. So this is made out of plastic and wood. And it measures about 10.24 inches diameter with a thickness of 0.59 inches. So, you know, not quite a foot, but close enough. It's really pretty. Super pretty. It is. I want it. <laughs> like, really bad. I know. It's, like, super pretty, and it lights up, and it's just gorgeous. But the price, though, it's a little high. However, it is beautifully made, so I can understand why they'd want... $105 for this. It's actually super, super pretty. I will have the link. Get insert sound effect. <laughs> in the show notes for this. So go check it out if you want a beautiful lamp. A wall lamp. I do. <laughs> Don't. Do it now. <sighs> so I found something that we talked about months ago. And then a lovely friend of ours found something as well that we talked about months ago in anticipation. So I'll talk about the one that I found first, and then uh, I'll talk about the one that the lovely Chris found from Hello Hyrule and sent it over to me. So first off, we have right now on bestbuy.com, you can pre-order. If you haven't gotten it yet, right now you can pre-order the Majora's Mask Amiibo. That's right. It's being re-released. And right now it is $15.99 on BestBuy.com. And the link for yeah. this will be in the show notes. Insert sound effect. <laughs> uh, but in addition to that, Chris actually found that the Twilight Princess Amiibo is back in stock at GameStop exclusively for pre-order right now for $15.99 as well. And that too will be in the links. In the links. In the links. The link will Get also be in the show notes. <laughs> It'll be in the links. I cannot talk today. I'm all over the place. Uh, but yes, so this is these are being re-released because... Obviously, we're still going to have Amiibo effects in Twilight Princess, and it has been announced uh, that the effects will range from what we've all seen in the trailers, the gliders, you'll get new design of gliders, to items and uh, food items again. So that was announced that there's going to be food items again, so we're going to be cooking again. You ready to cook up some wild stuff, Ariel? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many aspects that I loved. <laughs> so yeah, both of those will be in the show notes and both of them are running $15.99 and both of them are pre-order right now. I would suggest that you get out there and you pre-order them now because you know how st this stuff flies off the shelves. It flies? It flies. That's terrifying. Sorry, it glides. Poltergeist? Polter. Polterglides? Polterglides. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, 
Well, with all those things being said, <laughs> I think it brings us to the end of the mid-break, Ariel. Yep. It does. It sure does. Except for uh, one thing. Oh, did you finally bake my cookies? No, I bought you cookies. Uh, but there's the other thing. Yeah, that you ate. <clears throat> this is the part where I talk about the sponsors. <laughs> so... If you want or need or both an ocarina, because who wouldn't want one? Head on over to STL Ocarina. Use our promo code LOZLORD10 and save yourself 10% off. An awesome, amazing, illustrious, elegant. I'm trying to be you and I just can't do this. <laughs> ocarina. They are really pretty, though. They're beautiful. I have one and I absolutely love it. So, yeah, you want that? Go on over to STL Ocarina and use our promo code. Save yourself some money. Who doesn't love saving money? The best part is they're collectible. They look pretty. And they work. Fully functional. Oh, boy. So, got one more. Need some dice? Want some dice? Got to add to your ever-expanding collection like me? Because you're a dice dragon? Yes. <laughs> Roll on over to Fanroll Dice and use our promo code ALMIGHTYC10, which is A-L-L, Mighty, the letter C, and save yourself 10% off of your purchase of awesome dice. Super awesome. I have a few sets and I love them. And I need more. Actually, I want a, a wooden set because that just sounds awesome, having a wooden set of dice. I don't have that and I would like it. Do you know they came out with a new design for dice? They did? They did. They have liquid core dice now. Yeah, they're actually super cool. They are. Because it's got liquid inside, so like the the eye like bobs mm -hmm. around. It's super cool. Uh, and I'm actually looking at getting a set of dragon eye dice right now with the liquid core because the eye moves, yeah. So when you order that, order me some wooden dice. <laughs> you want to know something else cool? What? That they can use our promo code, almightyc 10 in addition to two additional codes, getting them more off, more bang for their buck at the website. Oh? Yes. I just recently went on and I wanted to try to see how many codes I could actively use at checkout. And FanRoll is so much about their fans. They have the they have the they have the lowest price for the dice that they can, you know. Very affordable dice, really cool looking dice. They're always looking for feedback about what dice they can come out with next. And in addition to that, they let you use three promo, promo codes at checkout to get more savings. And they're constantly doing sales. I love this company. That's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you need to like, or if you want to know just some like prices, Daniel, who does some of our other shows, he bought a set of the mini, like the small, small dice, and he paid $4.99 for them. So, you know, very cheap. Oh, yeah. Very affordable. And they don't skip on quality. No, absolutely not. <sighs> we love you, fan roll. <laughs> so, that promo code, again, Ariel, what is it? Well, we have Almighty C10, which is ALL, Mighty, the letter C, and 10. We also have STL Ocarina's promo code, which is LOZLORE10. So, use those at checkouts and save yourself 10% off at your respective websites. And then go take that money that you saved and buy those Amiibos. 
Well, Ariel, with that being said, I think it really is time for us to end our mid-break. The end of the middle of the show. Woo! <laughs> well, here we are, Ariel, at the end of the show. Yep. But first we have to talk about Ugo. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's Uka time. It's Uka time. It's Uka time. <laughs> hey, are you ready to go bowling? Oh boy, here we go. Why do you ask? Because I'm going to talk about some bowling pins. <laughs> Is that what you're calling them? Well, what my real interpretation of them, I can't say on this podcast. <laughs> so to kind of tone it down a little bit, it's bowling pins. <laughs> They really do look like bowling pins, though. They do. So, you ready to talk about some uka? Uka. So, the uka are an ancient race. They live in the city in the sky, high above Hyrule. Get it? High above Hyrule. <laughs> <laughs> they have bird-like bodies and oblong heads with humanoid faces. They have a wide bottom, skinny midsection, and a medium-sized head. So, the bowling pins. They got big head and little arms. <laughs> that's, no, that's not, you You just stay in your little corner. <laughs> they have bird feet and a duck tail. Younger Uka are serious nightmare fuel. <laughs> like they serious. Really are. As they seem to just be floating heads. <laughs> They grow their body later. <sighs> not fast enough. <clears throat> Uka are capable of speaking Hylian, though not all Uka know the Hylian language. They also have their own language known as skywriting. Aww. This language sounds a lot like the sounds a turkey makes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> a plus effort there. A long time ago, the Uka were the closest race to the gods, closer than even the Hylians. The Uka are highly developed in terms of technology, despite their size. They could also develop materials through magic. A few of their inventions include giant cannons capable of launching someone to and from the heavens, a rod that can bring life to inanimate objects, and powerful propellers capable of holding up a city in the sky. The Uka founded Hyrule before the Highlands were created. Their civilization prospered before the arrival of Highlands, and so did their technological advancements. While the goddesses were creating Highlands, the Uka got to work creating their own city in the sky. This city floating in the heavens held up by those powerful propellers they invented. So I just want to make a note, though, that the Uka and the Highlands did live together for a time. That the Uka didn't leave like as soon as the Highlands were there. That they did coexist on Hyrule for a little bit of time. See, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They did for a little bit of time. 
So back to this, they continued using magic to form an advanced society in the sky. The only way to reach the city in the sky is via the sky cannon, the massive cannons they created. The Uka had built a temple deep in the Farren Woods to guard a sacred power. Uku resides in this temple, the Temple of Time, <laughs> and tells Link the ancient technology of her people sleeps here, meaning the Dominion Rod. The Uka still maintained contact with the royal family after relocating to the city in the sky. So... That's why I kind of brought up before that the Uka and Hylians kind of lived together because the Dominion Rod kept them in contact. Okay. Before you go on, though, I wanted to talk about this whole new development of the Uka created the Temple of Time. Yep. (laughs) So the Uka created the Temple of Time. That does not mean the Hylians didn't have a hand in developing it. And it also, because you said that they lived together for a time, doesn't mean that the Uka didn't pass on some of their knowledge to the Hylians about how the time stones and things work. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, it's basically like the Uka built the Temple of Time and then the Hylians developed upon that design. Oh, yeah. Because I'll get into... Into some other stuff soon. Okay, sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, that's fine. So to kind of get back into this, they created the Dominion Rod, the Uka, which has the ability to animate statues or other inanimate objects. The Dominion Rod could only be carried by one who had the title the Messenger to the Heavens. This person would be the only one to use the rod whenever the royal family needed to get a hold of the Uka. The Uka also left the ancient sky book with the Sheikah to guard until it was to be given to the messenger to the heavens by royal decree. This book has the word needed to restore power to the Dominion Rod, which loses its power when exhausted. So not only did they leave them the Dominion Rod to talk, but they left a way to recharge it. So they always had a contact to the royal family. Remember that old saying, there's power in words? Ah. <laughs> I'm over you. So yeah, the Uka are pretty cool little uh, chickens. <laughs> Look at all those chickens. <laughs> I I really thought it was cool that they built the Temple of Time. You know, I've been holding on to the fact that they did help the Hylians to develop a lot of things and teach them some things since the beginning of this podcast. I did not know, however, that they built the Temple of Time until you did your research. Yep. So that was a fun little surprise for me. <laughs> Yep, they built that temple to store the, like, to basically store the Dominion Rod in. It's funny how it was built for a separate purpose than what they use it for today, though. Yup. Yup. It's crazy, too, that, like, the Uka really, really only came up in Twilight Princess. I know. 
little disappointed by that. So I got some fun little facts. Ooh, let's hear them. Um... So there was a mistranslation by Nintendo of America saying that the Uka created the Hylians. The Japanese in-game text confirms that the Uka did not create the Hylians, but created Hyrule. The Uka also didn't build the city in the sky until after the Hylians were created. So that's why I went into the whole that they did live together for a time. Mm-hmm. It's not really certain how long that time was, but it, there was a time where they lived together. So yeah, if you ever thought the Uka created the Hylians, no. The goddesses did. The Uka created Hyrule. There was a point in time where I took that word of passage as law when I first played Twilight Princess and was like, but I thought the goddesses created all life. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> that was a mistranslation. Mm-hmm. All right. The Uka resemble the bird-like creatures in M.C. Escher's painting, Another World. <laughs> Several Uka can be seen walking on the walls inside the dungeon, similar to the creatures in the painting. That's a cool little nod. I never knew that. Yeah. So, listeners, if you didn't know that either, just Google search real quick M.C. Escher's painting, Another World. So, I just Googled the picture. <clears throat> and... um Holy cow, it really does. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> I'm a fan of art. I love art. That's insane. And the image itself is completely mind-blowing as well because it's got... It's got it from, like, different angles and it's 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 weird, but it's cool. But it really does resemble the... It's even got the, the like, the duck tail and... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It's pretty cool. So yeah, listeners, why don't you, if you want to, Google search MC Escher's Another World. At first I thought you said MC Usher. Escher. But it's Escher. <laughs> I Googled Usher first. Usher. No. MC Usher. Oh, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> so the sounds produced by the Uka are a softer version of the sounds produced by the mini blends in The Wind Waker. Huh. It's just softer. It's just softer. <laughs> the Japanese name of the Uka is Tenkujin. Tenku meaning sky and Jin meaning folk. Rather than providing a literal translation, like sky folk, the localization team chose to be creative and Uka and Uku is a play on Kuko. <laughs> Chickens. Chickens. <laughs> and likely comes from the Italian word for goose. Oka. So they're goose chickens? They're like goose turkey chickens. Goose turkey. <laughs> just birds. Like, let's just mesh together a bunch of birds. I want to see a bald eagle meshed with all this. Like that's the the king or the queen of the uka. No. 
<laughs> I'd be like a rooster. Uh, yes. I am the king. Rooster. <laughs> Ooh, ooka cockadoodle-doo. Ooka doodle doo. <laughs> uh, uh, yep, that is what I have on the Uka. Well, uh, all I got to say is when Twilight Princess came out and these facts were revealed with the, you know, the the actual facts of the Uka existing alongside the Hylians and, you know, they created the the temple now that I know that uh, it was a real game changer for the entire franchise and I do agree it's kind of weird that it took so long to create this race and they they're so prominent and important to the entire history that is Hyrule that they just kind of sunk it into this game it's kind of odd and then goodbye yeah and then they just disappear <laughs> They're like, okay, we're back in the sky now. Bye. <laughs> I uh, I hope for a return or some sort of like return of, you know, mentioning of them in Tears of the Kingdom and future Zelda games moving forward. I'm uh, hoping. I mean, yeah, that would be awesome because we're in the sky. Mm-hmm. And, you know... There's a lot of similarities between the Zonai symbols and the Twilight symbols. So I'm wondering if there isn't some sort of connection there as well. Hmm. 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 <laughs> Guess we'll find out in May. I hope it's going to be some Twilight stuff. <laughs> but anyway, so that is it in a nutshell for our two prominent new races that we're going to be talking about in our future discussions uh, with the Twilight Princess. Um, but like we said, we're going to do... Uh, what's our next episode? Next episode is going to be Link's Crossbow, right? Sure. If we want to skip the entirety of Twilight Princess. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, the next... Our next episode is going to be going over Twilight Princess. We're here. We're finally here. Some fun facts, plot, and list of enemies so back to your translations and interpretations i cannot translate anything because oh. i am only fluent in one language i blame your grandmother <laughs> it would have been awesome if my grandma would have taught me japanese I that know. would have been awesome but <laughs> alas she didn't so uh, well at any rate we want to thank you again for listening and uh, we'll see you next week in our Twilight Princess episode. Sayonara! Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZLoreCast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Hello. 
Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.